Hello, and welcome to the Weird Around Illinois podcast. Recently, we did a podcast where we took a look at the migratory patterns of Dogman or the travel patterns of Dogman, and we very much approached that subject as if Dogman were an animal. But there are so many odd features attributed to Dogman that I think we would we would really be shortchanging everybody if we didn't take a look at him as a possible magic or mythical being. So with that in mind, let's get weird. Dogman has a lot of different names or a lot of different species or, or, or types of being associated with it. You know, when we talk about the, the myth of Dogman, the stories of Dogman that have been passed down from generation to generation through the years, the actual term dogman is fairly recent. That's, you know, last hundred years at most, but, you know, really started getting used with the advent of the internet. But in the past, a dogman could be called a number of different things, like, say, a werewolf. A werewolf kind of come out of nowhere. You know, a lot of people just don't know where they come from. And they fit the description perfectly. They are a bipedal, wolf-like creature. Looks like half man, half wolf. Mm-hmm. And then some people say that Dogman is a hellhound. Yeah, there are many reports of a Dogman-like being uh, defending a cemetery or around a cemetery in general. People, you know, there are, there's a lot of history revolving around hellhounds, and that's where the connection comes in for that idea. Yeah, yeah, and while some people see hellhounds as more traditional dogs or wolves, um, as you say, there are some people who report these hellhounds standing up and walking like people. Yeah. Recently, we've had one of our uh, listeners su- suggest the idea of a, a Nephilim, or Nephilim, um, which is, I, I hate to say the word cryptid, I, I would say mythical being. And depending on who you ask or where you read, it is either a hybrid being of a human and a giant from ancient times, or it is a demon of some sort, or it could even be a kind of the Hebrew version of the Arabic jinn, um, which is like a genie, like a, an evil genie kind of thing. Uh, well, I guess they're not always evil, but a, a genie sort of thing. It's kind of a shape-changing being that sometimes takes the form of a wolf, uh, often seems associated with, with some sort of mischief. Yeah, I mean, all those kind of match what the idea of Dogman would be. Mm-hmm. And speaking of transforming, that Dogman can be related to a skinwalker. Right. There have been many theories that a Dogman is almost a almost a formation of a human, almost a humanoid being actually turning into a wolf, but still standing up almost. Right. That is the most popular shape change for the skinwalker. Because the idea behind the skinwalker, I, I know we've talked about it before, it, it's like an it's a Native American uh, creature uh, or being, like a powerful magic man with or a magic user within the the tribe who turns to dark magic usually by sacrificing one of his family members, and then develops the ability to change shape. And the way it changes shape is it basically wears the skin of whatever it wants to change into. It'll like put on a wolf skin or a coyote skin or something like that. But mm. 
wolf is far and away the most popular thing for them to change into. Yeah, and keep in mind there's a lot of other things like bears or whatever might uh, be well in their environment. Right. Then we have the Rougarou, which is probably closer to a werewolf than anything. It's a an upright walking wolf that spends some of its time as a human and some of its time as a wolf. It came over from Europe from the, the French Loup Garou, and it is now prevalent in uh, um, the, uh, the area of Louisiana and the American South, like the, the swampy areas of the South. Then we've got the Wendigo. Now this one's a little more tenuous. I, I, uh, not many people claim that the Wendigo is a dogman, but there are some. Again, we've talked about the Wendigo a little bit in the past, and the, ver- the, the descriptions vary so much. I mean, some are like the, these really thin, emaciated, zombie-like creatures, and then they describe some of them as being like 17 feet tall with antlers and... Like a skull face. Yeah, particularly if you ever listen to like the Confessional podcast. While I don't think they claim that the... Um, the, the Wendigo is a dogman, or the dogman is a Wendigo, they do seem to have a lot of stories that connect the two. Like, the people who see Dogman later see the Wendigo, or vice versa. And I've already mentioned the Jinn, which is... Uh, the Jinn is actually a very broad category that could probably apply to a lot of cryptids. Um, but the traditional way to recognize a Jinn is their feet are on backwards. Backwards? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think a dogman has to be backwards, but... Well, I've never looked closely enough at his feet to know. <laughs> Those are some of our possibilities for mythical beings that dogmen could be confused with, or dogmen could be. And I think we have to accept the possibility that these could all be one and the same, or at least most of them could be one and the same. Maybe just depending on where you are in the world and what your religion is and what your traditions are, you might call this same creature, a werewolf, that someone else calls a Nephilim or a Skinwalker. It, it could be all the same. Mm-hmm. It could be all one family in some way, I mean, coming in different shapes and sizes, or it could just be one Skinwalker of some kind, <laughs> just switching into all these different things. You never know. Right. So, if we take a look at Dogman as a magical creature, let's talk about some of his magical powers. Um, I mean, the first thing that jumps to mind is the shape changing. Some people claim that they can change shape, some people don't, but shape changing would be a great way to explain why it's so hard to find a dogman, why why you're not seeing them every day. It's kind of confusing to, to like, determine if uh, wearable face is, like, the, the original face, or if it's some way of shaping into something that's even imaginable. It's something that you could also relate to a skinwalker, um, you know, obviously coming back to that idea again. Well, you know, something that was always creeping around in my head, like when we look at Bray Road, which is a fairly populated area, but they keep having these dogman sightings in the area. Now, we already gave you the theory on how that could happen if dogman is just a regular animal. But the other theory that's in the back of my head is, what if one of these farmers is a werewolf? Mm. What if one of these people in one of these houses, you know, one time a month or a couple times a year changes into Dogman and is out there howling and running around? 
Yeah, I almost forgot about that idea, but the classic idea of on a full moon or some specific day or night, mm -hmm. they switch into a werewolf and, yeah, go to that specific area. It kind of reminds me of uh, Bugs Point Road, where there's that farmer that's like known to chase people. Oh, yeah. Like from, from the woods. Mm hmm. It's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's trying to keep people out for some reason, like he's like he's hiding something almost. Yeah, maybe yeah. that was just like the first stage of switching and somebody just so happened to catch him there. Yeah. You know, you could apply that same logic as you mentioned to the skinwalker. You know, if you're if you're out in a Native American reservation or something, you could see Dogman there one day and then the next day you're looking around you see nothing except some guy sitting on the corner. And for all you know, that guy could be Dogman. Kind of related to the shape changing is the idea that this creature can disappear at will. Yeah, a lot of people have trouble finding Dogman, like especially in the woods. <laughs> it just sometimes almost seems like they completely disappear behind the trees. Right. Yeah, even if you're in the middle of a sighting, people see Dogman and... Now, admittedly, a lot of people, when they see Dogman, they're running for their life. They're not looking for him. But yeah, yeah. there have been a few instances where, you know, they've either been armed or they've had a bunch of people with them. And they've gone looking for Dogman immediately after seeing him. And he just disappears without a trace. And, and there are times when people are tracking him through the snow and you've got a clear set of prints for like 10 feet and then they just disappear. Related to that, we've also got the idea of rapid movement. You know, Dogman can seem to appear and disappear miles away in minutes. Going back to that same river uh, idea, the, the amount of rapid movement required to go through that kind of area would be insane. You have to be really fast and have a lot of stamina. Mm -hmm. And for a seven to, I guess, 15 feet tall dogman, I guess it'd be pretty fit, fitting. Yeah. And he's been known to walk like, or run over like 60 miles per hour, right? I believe so, yeah. There have been people who've tried to outrun him in a car and couldn't do it. Yeah. Wow. Another thing um, kind of related to all of this is the fog, which could assist in the rapid movement if we're talking about portals, or it could be, um, it could be related to his disappearance and you know we've talked a lot about the fog as a portal and you know i would talk about it some more but the theory that i'd like to discuss a little bit too is the idea that dogmen can create the fog as a screen to help him escape or disappear it's almost like a stealth or like defense mechanism right oh it also explained the uh like missing footsteps steps and steps and then boom gone you have the miss yeah. Maybe the mist serves both purposes. Maybe it obscures him and then allows him to open a portal so he can transport somewhere else. Now, something we haven't really talked about, but I've seen this in a number of different different documentaries on Dogman. The idea of the paralyzing howl. Um, people who have been up close and personal with Dogman and have heard that howl claimed that it completely froze them in their tracks like they felt like their nerves had been liquefied like they, they just they they couldn't move they couldn't think they were just completely paralyzed it's interesting you mentioned that because people actually i've heard that people like feel paralyzed even when they don't like feel the howl mm. hear the howl they okay. just they feel some kind of sense of dread this is pretty funny but um on Mount of Monsters, the Cherokee Devil, 
had that same kind of idea. You oh know, yeah. You just hear the noises, and it would just be kind of terrifying. That's Bigfoot, not on the topic, but that just came into my head. Well, it is kind of related, though, because I, I was actually going to say with the howl, a lot of people associate that same power with Bigfoot's roar. Mm-hmm. And there have actually been studies as to whether or not he roars at the same decibels, the you know the same the same sound frequency, as a um, as a lion, because it's been proven that big cats actually roar at a frequency that paralyzes their prey, or at least inhibits their ability to move. Wow. Um, so uh, you know that would that would explain the roar or the howl, but. As you say, there are cases where they don't even make a sound and people are already paralyzed with fear. That would be more of a magical ability like what we're talking about. Knowing what Dogman could be and knowing all of these powers that Dogman may possess, the question then becomes, how do you hunt for him? Because we could throw out all that stuff we've been talking about, about following the rivers and looking for the food source and... All of that stuff that would apply if we're hunting a real flesh and blood predator like any other animal. If this is just a magical being, you know, you're not going to be able to track them because half the time they're human, or half the time they're something else entirely, or they're in another dimension. Um, where do you look? Where do you start? Yeah, well, you could look in graveyards. It's one of the main places. It's interesting because I think I've heard like a story or two where people have like seen like ghost versions of Dogman hmm. and like they saw the glowing red eyes and everything. I just found that so weird. Interesting. Like, almost a slightly transparent figure or just like a teleporting in and out kind of thing. I, I think probably tra- transparent. Hmm. It's been a while since I've read it. But... Hmm. I wonder if that was a Dogman starting to form. Almost a dog man phasing in and out of different portals. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're right. I think graveyards are a great starting point because, you know, that would tie into the Hellhound theory. Um, it might tie into, like, the demonic gin or Nephilim theory. And also, you know, we, we talk about potential portals and, and you know, places that Dogman could be coming through. You know, aside from the fog, obviously, there seem to be certain places where the the boundaries between dimensions are just a little bit thinner. Um, and I, I know we'll probably talk about this more on other topics, but graveyards are places where you see ghosts, where you see dogman, where you see hellhounds, where you, you see uh, orbs and all this other stuff. So that leads me to believe that graveyards, for whatever reason, have a little bit thinner barrier. Um, some other haunted sites appear to have that thinner barrier. Some towns seem to have that thinner barrier. Just like Sin Walker Ranch, there's always these big areas that might have an opening to a portal. Right. Yeah. And people see dogmen like in graveyards like all the time. Yeah. Well, there, there have been a ton of graveyard sightings for dogmen. That's true. Yeah. And, and even you know, it's funny. Even if they don't say graveyard. Sometimes when we go to check out an area where there's a dogman sighting, we're oh, there's a cemetery, of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, now, one way to hunt for dogman if he's a mythical creature that I don't necessarily want to take part in, but <laughs> we would be remiss if we didn't mention it, it's the idea of performing rituals. 
lot of people perform rituals to try to call on spirits or ghosts or demons or angels or whatever. If Dogman is a mythical being, I would assume that there's some sort of ritual that could be performed to summon a Dogman. Yeah, it's a dangerous act to do, to try and use rituals to our advantage, but mm -hmm. uh, we're not professionals in that, so which is probably the main reason we should not be doing that <laughs> right but maybe someday if we if we run across a, a priest or a rabbi or a native american medicine man or something who has expertise in this area who wants to who wants to do a ritual with us that we can observe then we'll think about it but yeah. um, <laughs> do it finding bigfoot style yeah but kids don't try this at home yeah. <laughs> that's our thoughts on the magic of dogman and I know a lot of you have your own thoughts on whether Dogman is a real flesh and blood creature or whether he's a mythical being or whether both are true. We would love to hear those thoughts. We'd love to hear about any encounters you've had or stories you've heard. And as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And check out our newsletter sometime. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>